Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we have a repeat guest. I love it when my guests have so much great information that we have to have them on again. And so please join me in welcoming back to the program, Wayne Mullins. Welcome back, Wayne. Hey, Deb, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know last time we had a great chat, so mm-hmm. I'm certain this one will be the same. We did. We did. And, you know, and uh, amazingly enough, we were talking about this before we started. It was just earlier this year in January. Seems like it was a long time ago. I think COVID has just made our time, you know, we, we don't have those things like the weekly networking meetings and, and things that kept us on track with what was going on. It's just kind of this, okay, we're somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So let me remind people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Wayne is a husband, father of four, founder, entrepreneur, and author. Over the past 20 years, he's had the privilege of scaling multiple companies and helping hundreds of entrepreneurs do the same with their companies. Wayne's marketing agency, Ugly Mug Marketing, has won the praises of some of the leading influencers in the business world, such as Neil Patel, the founder of Quick Sprout, Chris Foss, the author of Never Split the Difference, and Greg McCowan, author of Essentialism and Effortless. There's nothing Wayne loves more than helping entrepreneurs push through limiting beliefs and achieve more than they thought possible. So again, Wayne, welcome. Thank you so much, Deb. I appreciate it. Great. Well, you know, I always like hearing about how our guests got to where they are today. Um, So tell us a little bit about that. But I think I didn't ask last time how you got the name of your agency. You know, it's it's a little bit different. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So the, the name Ugly Mug Marketing actually is a play on a phrase from a gentleman of the name David Ogilvy. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's been kind of around marketing for mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know a length of time would probably be familiar with David Ogilvy's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Ogilvy came over to the United States in the late 50s, I believe, mm-hmm. and landed in New York. His background was marketing. That was his passion. Mm-hmm. And he started an ad agency there in New York City. And over the course of about a 15-year window, he took that little startup, that little idea, mm-hmm. and transformed it into the world's largest ad agency. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, they're still Ogilvy and Mather is the name of the agency. Mm-hmm. They are still in the top ten in the world mm-hmm. with offices, you know, kind of scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, yeah. So David had this this quote or this phrase that he was notorious for saying in his offices as he would travel around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the phrase was this: "I would rather an ad that's ugly and effective than one that's beautiful and not effective." Mm. And so. The name Ugly Mug Marketing Mm -hmm. is simply a play off of that, Mm -hmm. but it serves for us as this North Star. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It reminds us that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we win design awards. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if we enter all these competitions mm-hmm. and and receive the praises and the feedback, you know, the, all the accolades mm-hmm. from people in our industry. What matters to us is the ability to get results for the people mm-hmm. we work for. And at the end of the day, those results often can be the difference between a business succeeding mm-hmm. or a business staying stagnant or ultimately failing. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. You know, and, and we see that in everything, you know, film industry, great example. You know, somebody creates a, a film that wins every award under the sun, but nobody goes to see. You know, or like you said, you know, we create these wonderful, great, funny, emotional, whatever ads, but nobody sells product, Um, you know, and and it really is about being effective. And and sometimes it is the let's not say ugly, we'll say plain, simple, um, basic type of, of content that catches somebody's attention. And sometimes that really is why it catches somebody's attention because it's not the flashy, the billing, the, you know, all of those things. We're like, oh, okay, we like this. Yeah. It, it, it keeps us focused. Like you were saying, it mm-hmm. keeps us focused on the end result. We mm-hmm. don't get distracted by the byproducts. Mm-hmm. In other words, we don't get distracted by um, creating something clever for the sake of something mm-hmm. clever, creating something flashy or mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> going all over the place for the sake of doing that. Mm-hmm. It, it forces us to always think back through why did they bring us here mm-hmm. in the first place? In other words, right. why did the client bring us on in the first place? Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on the client we're working with, but the the one word is results. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a nonprofit trying to raise funds or trying to mm-hmm. get volunteers or a for-profit who's you know trying to increase revenue, increase profitability, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people do marketing or mm-hmm. should be doing marketing for results, right. not for all the other uh, peripheral mm-hmm. or side things that can mm-hmm. often distract us if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and any of us who have been in this business a while, we've walked into agencies and we've seen, you know, the walls of, of, you know, plaques, statues, all of those various things. And that is impressive. It's impressive if you're a new client and, you know, and, and you walk in and you see all of that. But then, of course, the question should be, but what results did they get? And frequently that is, eh, we won the silver, what you call it, award, you know, or, or all those things. Sorry, that, you know, that's, that's great, but. Yeah, awards don't put money in the bank account, right? Awards, for us to win an award for a great website or a creative mm-hmm. campaign, that doesn't put money in our client's bank account, mm-hmm. or that doesn't create new donors for a nonprofit mm-hmm. or new participants or new volunteers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think for us as marketers, big picture, not just mm-hmm. us as an agency, but big picture as marketers, I, I think we often get distracted by these shiny objects. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it the oh, shiny that's me. objects. I'm like, oh, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in entrepreneur's DNA, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of what enables us to right. see mm-hmm. problems, mm-hmm. to find solutions to problems that are in the marketplace and mm-hmm. to to be able to quickly move and quickly mm-hmm. jump to those things all for solutions. But if we're not careful, that strength, mm-hmm. that ability to constantly jump or, or mm-hmm. jump to the new thing can become a weakness for us. Mm-hmm. And when it relates to marketing, what happens is 
we often see people jumping from guru to guru, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, well, this person's talking about this yeah. right now. Oh, this is the, the best book on New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is the new platform. Everyone's on this platform. We've got to be on this platform. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we're, we're bouncing from thing to thing to thing. Mm-hmm. And in that process, we're completely ignoring strategy. Mm-hmm. We're completely ignoring the underlying frameworks. We're mm-hmm. jumping from tactic mm-hmm. to tactic. Mm-hmm. And I would go as far as saying this, that if someone listening is frustrated by their marketing results, mm-hmm. chances are good you are jumping from tactic to tactic mm-hmm. or platform to platform mm-hmm. or guru to guru, if you will, instead of being focused on the few fundamental strategies right. that are tried and true mm-hmm. based on human psychology um, that that just work over and over again, regardless of the platform, regardless of right. you know what the creative is from mm-hmm. print, internet, billboard, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. When you understand some basic strategies, mm-hmm. they make so much, you know, they make everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. They make everything so much more effective. Right. Right. You know, and, and you've written a great new book. And for those who are watching, I'm holding it up. And for those who are listening, it's called Full Circle Marketing. Transform your marketing and turn customers into evangelists. And the key in the book, and and you know, it is even hardcover, half an inch. I mean, this is not a big book, which I loved. Um, it's got fabulous content, but it's it follows the principle of what you're talking about. There's no need to have you know war and peace to talk about marketing. Because it really comes back to, to some simple things. And, and you know, I, I love in the book that you talk about the fact that it come, you know, it really does come back to the principles that were started in 1910. Um, you know, and, and really when we examine what is successful, what they did back then still obviously carries forward. It isn't the flashiest, the catchiest, the coolest, the greatest influencer. Oh, ah, don't the yeah, influencers drive me nuts. Um, it's the basics. And so that's really what we want to talk about because we have so many people who listen to this program who are entrepreneurs and small business owners, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And oh, there's this new thing that came out. And I still have to sell my product. Um, you know, and and so it really is about keeping it simple. So kind of walk us through some of some of the principles. Sure, absolutely. Um, I would begin with what what you just alluded to, Deb, and that is. You know the principles that work today are the same principles mm-hmm. that have worked literally for more than a hundred years, and mm-hmm. actually, um, although they may not have been written about in the same way, have mm-hmm. worked throughout human right. history. Mm-hmm. Right? They're based on basic human psychology, mm-hmm. and when we think of human psychology, we know that in order for someone to get to the point of pulling out their wallet mm-hmm. and handing us money, mm-hmm. there are a few things that must be true. Mm-hmm. Number one, they have to know about us, right? right. Because if they don't mm-hmm. know about us, our product, our service, mm-hmm. there's no chance they're going to pull out the wallet and mm-hmm. hand us money. Number two, they actually have to like whatever mm-hmm. it is that we provide. Mm-hmm. If they hate whatever product or service we provide, mm-hmm. um, they're never going to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing that that is the element that I think is the most important mm-hmm. and the most overlooked is this magic word called trust. Mm-hmm. Trust is required. So when people know about us, when they like us, and mm-hmm. when they trust 
that our product's going to do what we say it's going to do, mm-hmm. that we as a company are going to stand behind our product in the event something mm-hmm. does go wrong, um, and that they're going to receive more value from the product than they're actually giving us mm-hmm. for the product, then that is kind of the core of the basics mm-hmm. of all sales, the mm-hmm. way all sales take place. And for us as marketers, where we get in trouble, I think, is when we forget these basic little simple mm-hmm. steps, right? When we overlook these things, mm-hmm. we get into trouble. And like you were saying, we're, we're following the latest guru who's mm-hmm. out there talking about, oh, here's how I gained 10,000 followers over the weekend. Here's mm-hmm. the things you need to do. And so what I would say is, and again, we can dive into these, but mm-hmm. in the book, I really lay out two core frameworks. Mm-hmm. And what I would argue is these frameworks, again, will work regardless of the brand, regardless Mm -hmm. of the industry, for-profit, not-for-profit. It doesn't matter because it's tied Mm -hmm. back to us as humans and the Mm -hmm. way we think and the way we operate. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and one of those is an acronym, um, AIDA. You know, so tell us what those stand for, and then let's, let's really delve into each one of them. Absolutely. So I call it AIDA. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how you would actually say that. Uh, yeah, word. I was like, Ada, Ida. <laughs> hey, I, I have no clue. And I never can remember the word in acronym. So thank you so much for saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so AIDA comes, and this is the one you're referring to. It actually was first written about way back in 1910, was the mm-hmm. first time somebody actually wrote about this concept as it relates to marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. And so the first A in that is attention. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty obvious. If we don't capture people's mm-hmm. attention, we can never then bring them through our marketing right. funnel if we don't at least get their initial attention. Mm-hmm. And so that's step one. So when you think about creating whatever piece of marketing you're looking to create, the first question you have to ask yourself is, what can we do with this piece? So whether it's radio, television, billboard, you know, internet, whatever it is, what can we do with this piece to actually capture attention. Mm -hmm. What can we do to cause people to stop in their tracks Mm -hmm. and pay attention to whatever it is we're getting ready to talk Mm -hmm. about? So that's the first day. Mm -hmm. The next letter is the I, Mm -hmm. and that is interest. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is so important here is that we we must remember that people are interested in their interests, Mm -hmm. not in our products or services. Right. They are interested in the things they are interested in, Mm -hmm. not necessarily in our products or services. Mm -hmm. And if we're not careful, what happens is we start to believe that people actually care about our product or services, right? Mm -hmm. That they're interested in our product or service. And the reality is they're not. Mm -hmm. They're interested in whatever that thing is. So Mm -hmm. let's just use the example of golf. Mm -hmm. If you love golf and you make golf clubs, right? Mm -hmm. That's the business that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, it would be a mistake to begin thinking that people are interested in your brand of golf club. Right. The reality is they're interested in this game called golf. Mm-hmm. They're interested in the best tool possible to help them keep their score low. Mm-hmm. If that happens to be your clubs, mm-hmm. your brand of clubs that you make, great. Mm-hmm. You're going to start winning that interest. You're going to start right. winning that attention, right? Because you're providing something that meets their interest, that mm-hmm. helps them with the thing they're interested mm-hmm. in. Um, so that's the interest. So once we once we capture the attention, we have to make sure that we are speaking mm-hmm. to their interest, not speaking about our product or service, mm-hmm. but speaking to that interest. Mm-hmm. And then the next 
letter in this AIDA is the D, and that is desire. Mm. Um, desire begins in each of us when we realize that something better may be possible. Mm. So for using the golf club analogy, mm-hmm. um, if you're interested in golf, you love golf, and you've been playing for a long time, you've got these clubs you've been playing with for, for five or six years or mm-hmm. however long it may be, um, you're not desiring a new set of clubs right. until you're out on the course and the your friend that you've been playing with for years got this new set and now they're driving the ball further mm-hmm. than you. They're winning. They're, they're mm-hmm. winning. They're more accurate with their shots mm-hmm. than you. And so it sparks this idea in your head that, hey, maybe something better mm-hmm. is available out there. Maybe these other clubs are available. Mm-hmm. And so when we think, again, tying this back, we mm-hmm. captured their attention. Mm-hmm. We cause them to stop and pay attention to what we're talking about. We're speaking to their interests, mm-hmm. not necessarily about our product or service. And now we have to look for how do we evoke this desire Mm -hmm. that something better is possible, something better is available to them. Mm -hmm. That is the D. And then the final letter in this this whole framework is this. It is action. Mm -hmm. What specific action do we want them to take? Right. Now, Deb, you know, we do this all the time. Mm -hmm. We work with clients from all over the country, all over the world. And when we initially go in and analyze people's marketing pieces. This is the biggest mistake across the board, Mm -hmm. regardless of industry, regardless of for-profit or Mm not-for-profit. People get extremely sloppy Mm -hmm. when it comes to the call to action, Mm -hmm. the last A. Right. When we think of this call to action, what's important for people to remember is we need to give them the exact next step Mm-hmm. that we want them to take based on what they've just discovered, mm-hmm. right? Based on this new desire or this desire that we've evoked within them. Mm-hmm. What is the next logical step that we want them to take? And how do we quickly and clearly articulate mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in our messaging? Right. And it's not always spend money. No, absolutely not. That That's spot on because I think what happens is we assume that we're going to take people from the first ad they see about our product or service mm-hmm. to them handing us money mm-hmm. in one swoop or in mm-hmm. one simple little ad. Right. And again, that goes back to that short-sightedness mm-hmm. that we as marketers, myself included, we fall into. Mm-hmm. Because marketing is this thing that's supposed to, when done correctly, make selling unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when our marketing system is designed properly, mm-hmm. when our marketing system is functioning the way it should, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to beg. We shouldn't have to uh, plead. We shouldn't have mm-hmm. to prod. We shouldn't have to cajole and beg people to buy our mm-hmm. services. Instead, our marketing system will do that that lifting mm-hmm. for us. And so by the time we get to that point of saying, okay, do you want the product? Do you want the service? Do you want to sign up? Do you want to donate money? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to do all of that. Right. Our marketing it's system. It's a given. Mm-hmm. It's a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. And and I love this concept because it is simple, but complicated all at the, the same time, because you do have to think through all of this. And, and you know, it's, it's as we were saying at the start, so many people, marketers, companies, whoever gets stuck in that attention. Hey, we're going to do whatever it is to catch somebody's attention, um, you know, and, and they don't stop to think, then what? 
Um, you know, and 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 that's that is of course the key is yeah, you've got their attention, then what? Um, you know, and and we also always fall under the 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 illusion that what we have is the greatest thing in the world. And people would just obviously want to buy it. Well, no, you know, there's and and especially in this day and age. I mean, you know, there are really no products that are absolutely positively head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, and, and I know I just crushed every business person out there, but there's good and bad out of everything, whether it's you know, price. I mean, there's, there's so many different things that tie into it. So, you know, there's really, you know, you, you have to do these other things in order to convince somebody, oh, hey, yeah, you know, that really is the one that I want to at least call or go to their website or do whatever, take that action piece. Yeah, that, that is it. I mean, that is spot on because, um, again, when we, you know, the mindset we we often approach this from is that entrepreneurial mindset of mm-hmm. jumping from thing to thing. So we're mm-hmm. going to throw our attention to marketing for a, a brief moment. Mm-hmm. And in that brief moment, we know that attention is important, right? So mm-hmm. we want to capture attention. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the world that we live in a lot, we hear the words thrown around, you know, impressions, mm-hmm. reach, frequency. We hear all these buzzwords mm-hmm. um, that are important, right? But if those things are not tied into mm-hmm. a marketing system mm-hmm. that is based on results, those metrics mm-hmm. become vanity metrics, mm-hmm. right? So it's easy to go out there and brag about, you know, our recent campaign captured the attention of, mm-hmm. in other words, reached, you know, X number of thousand mm-hmm. people. But the question simply becomes is, okay, that's great. What did you do with that attention? Mm-hmm. Right. Did you actually use that attention that you spent money on mm-hmm. to capture? Did you actually use that attention and progress people forward mm-hmm. in your marketing system mm-hmm. or in your sales funnel, if you will? Right. You know, and uh, it, it is it, it's it's complicated, as we said, and and simple at the the same time. But once you master it, it really is you know it really is simple because when you do it right. It's easy to repeat, um, and and of course that's the key for people is you know you figure it out you know you figure out that secret sauce. It really you know it doesn't matter you know you develop a new product a new service you go back you do the exact same things that you have done before that you knew were successful. Now you may have to tweak things a little bit, but yeah you know once once you figured it out it it is what's going to to work every time. Yeah yeah that is it and the thing about a system like this so when we think about the AIDA framework. Mm-hmm. What it does is when we begin applying this to our marketing is it gives us specific points mm-hmm. to audit. So mm-hmm. we can look at our advertising and say, okay, great. We captured attention, mm-hmm. but we didn't speak to their interest. Mm-hmm. So we didn't move them to that next right. level, to that next phase. So we can go back and say, okay, we captured all of this attention. Mm-hmm. It's great, but it didn't convert. Mm-hmm. So we need to move back up there and say, okay, mm-hmm. Are we speaking to their interest? Mm-hmm. The advertising that we're doing, is it speaking in terms of the actual benefits to mm-hmm. them? Or as we're often guilty of, are we using all these features, speaking mm-hmm. in terms of features? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, the classic example of that is way back in the day um, when Apple released the iPod mm-hmm. and around that same time, Microsoft released what was called the Zune, Z-U-N-E. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the they got dif- one on Big Bang Theory. If I remember right, Sheldon <laughs> talked about that one time. 
and everybody laughed, right? Yeah. The, the, the thing is this, that between the two devices, the, the Apple iPod versus the Microsoft Zoom, hands down, the Microsoft product was a better product. Mm-hmm. It had more storage. It's, you know, it was able to do more things. Not only could you do songs, but you could do mm-hmm. all these other things with it. Mm-hmm. The iPod only did songs mm-hmm. and it didn't hold as many as the Zoom. Right. But the difference in the marketing lesson or the, the marketing that each of these companies used was this. Microsoft, when they presented it, they presented all the facts and figures. They presented right. all the data. And everybody the- went, bing! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was all the features, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the data, it holds X number, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, listed all these things out. Whereas Apple, what did they do? Their marketing, the entire campaign was two things. Number one, the slogan was a thousand songs in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Very easy to remember, mm-hmm. clearly communicates what the thing actually mm-hmm. does, right? right? When you hear that, you know, okay, this is a music player. It'll mm-hmm. hold a thousand songs. Mm-hmm. It will fit in my pocket. Mm-hmm. The other thing that Apple did that was brilliant, probably one of the most brilliant marketing strategies that is overlooked. So we, mm-hmm. we don't, observe that this actually took place um, is the headphones that came with this device called an iPod. Mm -hmm. The cables and the headphones were white. At that time, Mm -hmm. every single headphone that was sold was typically a black cable, Mm -hmm. black headphones, or some other dark color. Mm -hmm. Apple released white corded headphones. Mm -hmm. So anytime you got it on a train, an airplane, walked in ah. a public space, you immediately knew who had the Apple device. Mm-hmm. And Apple was brilliant enough to, in their advertising, all that they showed were these silhouettes dancing With and the all white. you could see the white headphones. Mm-hmm. And so they're communicating a message here that when you see the white, mm-hmm. you know that this is an Apple product. Mm-hmm. And so those white headphones became this piece that ultimately created this army of evangelists. Mm -hmm. So they have all these people out there wearing the white headphones. Mm -hmm. And when you or I or anybody else saw the white headphones, we knew this was somebody wearing Mm -hmm. an Apple or using an Apple product. Right. So they're empowering the people, the customers Mm -hmm. who paid for this device and, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't cheap, Mm -hmm. paid for the device to go out and promote it for them. Right. So, quite brilliant. Well, and you know, it, it, it really was absolutely brilliant because you did, you looked around and you went one, two, three, four, and not even counting. I mean, you just, went, Oh, and then, then it was, Oh, the cool kids have it. And because the cool kids have it, I must have it too. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing is that still carries over. I mean, you don't really see a lot of other you know, whether it's an earbud or, you know, headphones or things like that, that aren't, that you know, the, the white ones are still for the most part, Apple. Yeah, no, they're, they're brilliant about that. And, mm-hmm. you know, what happens is, you know, there's so many great lessons like that for us as mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and as marketers, mm-hmm. if we're watching, not for what they're saying, mm-hmm. um, but we're really watching what they're actually doing mm-hmm. through their messaging right. and the way that they release the products. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the longest time, if you, you think back, um, I'll get off the Apple soapbox here in a second, but if you think back, all the original Apple MacBook laptops, mm-hmm. the Apple on the back, when the screen was open, mm-hmm. the Apple was white and it glowed. Right. So when your computer was on, mm-hmm. it glowed. So as there was this um, 
you know, the spread of Starbucks and coffee mm-hmm. shops around the world, mm-hmm. people going in these cafes, opening up their computers. Again, people were marketing mm-hmm. for this brand called Apple. Mm-hmm. And again, just a brilliant way of identifying, creating this army of evangelists mm-hmm. and allowing them to help spread your message for you. Right. You know, and, and I love the concept of evangelists. We're going to talk about the, the circle, but evangelists are the key. Um, you know, and, and it, it's funny in the book you talk about, and, and we, we see this all the time, you know, I can see an ad for something 20, 30 times. Doesn't really matter. You know, I'm expecting the ad to say our product is the latest, greatest, whatever in the world. But when I see a friend of mine who I might not even know on Facebook say, oh my gosh, I got this and it's the coolest thing in the world, or even better, worse, you know, we're on Amazon, we scroll down, we read the reviews, total strangers have more sway over us than the actual company. And, and that's that whole evangelist principle. That is it. I mean, you you said it spot on. We live in a cynical and skeptical world. Mm-hmm. Um, and as marketers or as entrepreneurs, we are the ones they don't trust. Right. Why is that? Because they understand that we have a vested interest. They understand that we are biased mm-hmm. around our product or services. Right. We're not going to say we're eh. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to say only the positives. We're going to mm-hmm. say only the good things. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so important is that we, we remember, like you said, that people would rather trust strangers mm-hmm. they've never met mm-hmm. than to trust you or I as the marketer mm-hmm. or as the entrepreneur or business mm-hmm. owner. And you know, there, there's lots of factors in that, lots mm-hmm. of psychology behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, trust being the big equation in that. Trust is kind of that magic word. Mm-hmm. We trust people who don't appear to have a vested interest. Right. We trust people who we know, like, and trust, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, our friends, our family members. Mm-hmm. And we, as you said, we're, we're naturally skeptical or cynical mm-hmm. of the marketer of the company itself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and it's interesting because I'm, I'm one of those, I always read the negatives also. Um, and I might not read all of them, but, you know, I, I read, and, and I usually look, I do look at the most current just to see, okay, you know, maybe they change things. But, you know, part of that too is I want to see and and obviously it depends on the platform. Did the company respond to those negatives? Um, you know, and and I tell this to my clients all the time because you know, if they get a negative review, many times it's like, oh God, sky falling, sky falling, and and I say, and they say, oh, let's let's not do anything. And I say, no, 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 no. It's very important to respond, even if we have to respond fairly basic, because sometimes you know it. it you know, there there are, are some reasons why we can't, you know, say, oh, you know, Bob is a horrible person and we, you know, we, you know Bob hates all of our products. Um, it's the, the, the response that we give is for the other people who read it, you know, and, and, and the reason, and, and, you know, I always love it when they say, well, make the bad ones go away. No, you know, the point of reviews is that they're unbiased. And so you will have negatives along with positives. And so the the you know the whatever it is, Google, Yelp, Facebook, all of those things, they want it, they, it's not that they want the negative reviews, but it's you can't get rid of the negative reviews because they they want it to be unbiased. And so again, it's that you know total stranger, what are they saying? But then, you know, okay, what did the company do to try and make it better? 
Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that advice. You know, sticking our head in the sand is not the right approach when it comes right. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I would say as it relates to, um, you know, kind of our mentality as entrepreneurs or as marketers is this, um, mm-hmm. Bain and Company, big consulting firm, did mm-hmm. this survey where they went around and they surveyed just under 4,000 small businesses mm-hmm. around the United States. Mm-hmm. And they went to the owners of these companies and they said, uh, we want you to rank yourself using these five levels on the level of service that you provide to your customers. Mm-hmm. So here are the options that you have, mm-hmm. Mr. or Ms. Business Owner. Level number one is you provide superior service. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're above everyone right. else in your mm-hmm. industry. You're phenomenal. Number two is you provide good service. Mm-hmm. Number three is you provide average service. Number four is you provide just mediocre, right? Mm-hmm. So you're below average. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was you provide terrible service. <laughs> So Mm -hmm. Bain and Company sends this survey. They do this survey with Mm -hmm. almost 4,000 businesses. Mm -hmm. And the results come back in that 80% of small business owners in the United States rank themselves as providing superior service. Right. Oh, yeah. We, We think we're doing a fabulous job. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Bain and Company says that data just doesn't seem right. Like it's way too skewed in that direction. So... What we're going to do next is we're going to go back to those companies Mm -hmm. and get permission to go actually ask their customers Mm. the same question. Mm -hmm. So Banning Company goes out to the customers of these Mm 4,000 companies and they say, okay, we know you've done business with this company. Mm -hmm. How would you rank their level of service using these five same levels? Mm -hmm. And the results came back in, Deb, and the results were this, only 8% of those customers actually rank those businesses as providing superior service. So painful. Yeah. On the one hand, we have business owners, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs who rated themselves as 80% of them said, we provide superior service. Mm -hmm. You ask the customers of those companies and Mm -hmm. only 8% agree with that or rated Mm -hmm. them the same. And so we can be jaded Mm-hmm. In the positive way, right? right. Our, we have blinders on. Mm-hmm. And so we don't see these negative things. Mm-hmm. And so when the negative review comes in, mm-hmm. what happens is we often get furious. We get mm-hmm. emotional. Like, how right. could you? You've hurt you our know? child. <laughs> That's exactly right. You've you've called our baby ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's there's a phrase that that I picked up from a friend of mine named Ari Weinswig. And he says, when furious get curious. So when something evokes that emotion in us, right? Mm-hmm. When it causes us to get furious, we should we should take that emotion mm-hmm. and turn it into curiosity. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say. Mm-hmm. I'll admit right. it's very easy uh-huh. to say that. Very tough to do, but when we begin digging, when we begin prodding, we get curious. Mm-hmm. Why is it that they gave us the review that they mm-hmm. did? Why did they say these bad things mm-hmm. about us? There's often so many powerful lessons for mm-hmm. us whether it's as a marketer Mm -hmm. or as an entrepreneur that we can Mm -hmm. pick up if we're willing to transform that furious, Mm -hmm. you know, tendency into Mm -hmm. curiosity. And you should be curious because you should want to fix it. Um, You know, and and so you need to know, okay, is this a staffing issue? Is this a product issue? You know, all of those various things. Um, I think one of the funniest reviews I ever saw one time, you know, when uh, we travel quite a bit. And so I, you know, if, if it's somebody, someplace we're not familiar with, I'll look at hotel reviews. 
And this one review said, this is a you know great hotel, except it's really noisy because you know of all of the the bars that are around it. And and I thought, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure I know where this is. Um, and you know, and it, that doesn't sound right. And so, you know, I'm I'm reading more. And the the hotel responded and, and they said, thank you so much for your comments. We we you know we we appreciate getting them, yada, yada, yada. However, our hotel is surrounded by automobile dealerships. So we think you must have the wrong hotel. Um, you know, and, and so they they did it kind of tongue in cheek. They didn't say you <clears throat> idiot. You know, they just we think you might have the wrong place. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, you look at that and and you laugh. Um, you know, and and but you know, at the same point, they could have also said, you know, maybe it was true. We're working on soundproofing better. We're, you know, whatever the various things are. And, and of course, the, the key is you never, ever lie, you know, with any of this. Um, and but but yeah, it's those those evangelists are so very important to doing business. Yeah, we live in a world today where, you know, when I say this, everyone's like, well, duh, I, I already knew that. Right. But we live in a world today where every single person, for the most part, has this little device they carry in their back pocket or in their purse. Um and that device gives them the ability at any point in time mm-hmm. to broadcast messages right. literally mm-hmm. to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, never before in human history has mm-hmm. each individual had such power in terms mm-hmm. of reaching so many people mm-hmm. with their thoughts or what whatever it is they mm-hmm. want to put out there to the world. Mm-hmm. And as marketers, I think we are we're so slow to coming to this realization, mm-hmm. right? The companies who have embraced this mm-hmm. and who have, like you said, have have shifted their focus to actually creating evangelists, empowering these evangelists mm-hmm. are the ones who are winning. Mm-hmm. They've learned how to empower those people with the smartphone in mm-hmm. their pocket to help spread the message mm-hmm. about their company, their product, their service, their brand. Right. right. You know, and and we don't want to give all the secrets away because we want people to buy the book, but you talk about you know, how you, you accomplish this. I mean, you know, somebody's not just going to buy your product. Yes. Some people will and go, Whoa, this is the greatest thing in the world. I'm going to tell everybody under the sun. In many cases, they need to be asked, given permission, you know, all of those various things, but then they need to know what to say, um, you know, and, and so there are various ways that, that you can provide that information. So as I said, we don't want to give it all away, but what are a couple of things that, that businesses should do to encourage this evangelism? Sure. The, the very first thing I think is important, Deb, is this, that, um, that we get clear about the importance and the power of having what we would call evangelists for your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I often talk to entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. one of the questions I love to ask is, where do your best customers come from? Mm-hmm. So if you if you were to think in your head of, mm-hmm. you know, the five or 10 absolute best customers you've mm-hmm. ever had for your, your company, where did those people come from? Mm-hmm. And the answer always comes back. Mm-hmm. They came from word of mouth or they came from referral, mm-hmm. right? So the people who come to us who are our quote unquote best customers, mm-hmm. they're often coming as a result of somebody else who mm-hmm. loved our product so much, our service mm-hmm. so much that they were willing to share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And we know this as business owners. Mm-hmm. We know that word of mouth and referrals are so vital mm-hmm. to growth and to continuing you know, our mission, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. 
And yet we give so little time and attention. Mm -hmm. We allocate so few dollars to actually making this happen. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the arguments I attempt to make in the book is this, that when we think about marketing, mm-hmm. marketing encompasses two things in my mind. Number one is your ability to attract customers, mm-hmm. which we all know that that's kind of the advertising mm-hmm. part of marketing. But then there's this other side, which is the ability to keep customers. So your ability to attract and to keep. Mm-hmm. And when I use the term keep, I don't just mean, you know, you, you sell them your product and a few years later, they come back and buy right. another one. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but how do we actually have intention mm-hmm. behind taking these customers, nurturing those relationships, mm-hmm. in converting them, if you will, mm-hmm. into evangelists mm-hmm. for our brand? Right. And one of the ways that I think is important, or one of the fundamental things that we must do, ties back into those expectations. We must sit down and ask ourselves what does a reasonable person have the right to expect? when dealing with us, when mm-hmm. buying our product or service, right. what does a reasonable person have the right to expect? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to that Bain and company study. Mm-hmm. We are jaded. We believe by default mm-hmm. that we are always exceeding expectations mm-hmm. until we actually sit down and clearly identify at each point of contact, mm-hmm. at each point of interaction with our brand, with mm-hmm. our company, what is the actual expected outcome Mm. from the other side. Mm -hmm. Make a list of those things. Mm -hmm. And once we have that list in hand, so in other words, when the phone rings, what does a reasonable person expect in terms of the number of times it's going to ring before we answer? Mm -hmm. We write that down. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. four rings. Mm -hmm. The next question, how long do they expect to be on the phone call when they call in to place Mm -hmm. an order? Well, is it two minutes? Is it 20 minutes? What Mm -hmm. What do they actually expect? Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to vary. That number, mm-hmm. that answer is going to vary based on the industry, based on mm-hmm. the product. Um, when they go to our website, how many clicks do they expect it to take for them to check out? Mm-hmm. Is it 20? Is it two? Mm-hmm. Right? There's not a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's going to vary. But what do they actually have the right to expect? Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, what would it actually look like for each of those steps if we exceeded expectations? Mm-hmm. What would it actually look like? So if they expect four rings, if we answer it in two, Mm -hmm. that's a noticeable example of exceeding expectations. If they're going to expect 20 clicks when they get to the website, Mm -hmm. because we have a complicated product that they're ordering, right? But if we can get that down to 10, Mm -hmm. that's a noticeable difference. Mm -hmm. It's exceeded expectations. Mm -hmm. So the, the number one thing that you and I can do as marketers which we often don't believe this is our responsibility, but it's to ensure that our product or service, when delivered, once the money has changed hands, that it is clearly exceeding mm-hmm. expectations. Right. And we all know the phrase, Deb, it's better to under-promise and over-deliver mm-hmm. than over-promise and under-deliver. Mm-hmm. And yet, as marketers, if we are not involved in that back-end process, mm-hmm. if we're not involved in following up with those customers post sell, we don't know if we're actually mm-hmm. over-delivering or under-delivering right. our product or service. Right. And so many companies just do that. They get to the, we, we took their money, see ya. Um, you know, they, they don't care whether it's an item that they might purchase again or not. I mean, you know, it's just, they, they move on to the next client. And, and of course, that's where the difficulty comes in and, and why sometimes we make life so hard for ourselves 
is we're continually looking for those new customers. And we're totally forgetting that the existing ones are really the absolute most important ones we need to be dealing with. Yeah, that's it. There's all kinds of studies out there. And I'm sure most people listening have heard, you know, it's infinitely cheaper to resell an existing Mm -hmm. customer um, than to go find a new one. Mm -hmm. And yet as marketers, if we were to pull out our our profit and loss statement Mm -hmm. and we were to go to line item for marketing or advertising Mm -hmm. and ask ourselves a simple question, what percentage of our budget is spent on attracting customers? In other mm-hmm. words, going out into the world mm-hmm. and trying to convince people to, to hang Getting us their money. attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Versus what percentage of our budget is you know, set aside for mm-hmm. taking existing customers and converting them into evangelists, mm-hmm. giving them tools, giving them the language mm-hmm. that they need to go out and, sh- and share and mm-hmm. tell others about what it is that mm-hmm. we do. Right. You know, and some of that really is pretty simple. You know, one of the things that I was thinking of is, is, you know, if you've captured their emails, depends on what you're doing as to whether you do that or not, you send them, say, a coupon or a discount. Please share this with five of your friends, you know, and, and, and yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And of course, the key is it can be used by 500 people. I mean, don't just make it something that can be used five times because if they share it to a sixth person and the sixth person can't use it, that person gets really annoyed. Um, you know, but that's something so simple that people can do. And, and we see that, you know, with, with you know, uh, so many things where they do, they post it on Facebook. They, you know, they do whatever. And, and it really is a pretty simple way because they're not just going to say, hey, I got this coupon for, you know, whatever. They're going to say why they think you should use this coupon also. Yeah, that that is it. And, you know, again, I think it's just the intention around mm-hmm. the backside of that process, mm-hmm. the the other half of the equation. Um, Deb, are you familiar with the name Joe Girard? Mm, no. Okay. So some of your listeners may or may not be familiar mm-hmm. with his name. Joe Girard holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the greatest car salesman of all time. Ah! Now, I don't know what the official Guinness Book of World Record title is, but it's mm-hmm. something along those lines. Joe was in car sales for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And over the course of that 15-year period, Joe sold over 12,000 cars. Wow. No fleet sales, mm-hmm. all one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was going out and selling 50 cars at a, at a, mm-hmm. at a time. It was all these one-on-one transactions. Mm-hmm. And the way Joe did this, he talks about, he's got a book out where he talks about this. The way Joe did this was this, that every single time somebody bought a car from him, every single month from that day forward, they got something in the mail from Joe. They got mm-hmm. a card in the mail from Joe. Mm-hmm. So each month he had a different card. It was based mm-hmm. on you know the time of year. So you know if it's October, it's going to be something Halloween probably. Right. Happy Halloween, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Spring is here, whatever it is. Joe would hand sign all of these cards. And so you think about this compounding Mm -hmm. effect over time. Joe built this army Mm -hmm. of evangelists. Why? Because he was investing in people Mm -hmm. after the point of sale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for for me, I'll speak for myself. Again, it goes back to the Mm short-sightedness. We get people to that point of sale. And what do most salespeople do? Mm-hmm. They quickly run back out there and go try mm-hmm. to find the next person to right. sell. Joe devoted time. He devoted attention. He mm-hmm. devoted money into nurturing those relationships mm-hmm. with those people he had already sold. Mm-hmm. Month in, month out, sending all those cards mm-hmm. to all those people. And 
look, the evidence is, you know, Mm -hmm. the proof is in the pudding, as they say. Mm -hmm. Joe sold more cars than any other car Mm -hmm. salesman has ever sold in his career. And year after year, he did that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because he had the most clever marketing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because he was broadcasting to the world to come Mm -hmm. buy from him. It was because he was investing Mm -hmm. and nurturing in building evangelists for himself as a salesperson. Yeah. And so those people went back to him time and time again, and they told people, oh my gosh, it's been four years since I bought a car and I still get a card. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because there are companies that do that. Um, you know, there are realtors who, who follow up and they, you know, maybe not every month, but they, they follow up quarterly and, and just all of these things. And part of that is that top of mind thing. You know, they want to keep you remembering, oh yeah, I got this great whatever from Joe. Um, and, and, you know, somebody says, Hey, yeah, we need a new car. I got the person I need you to talk to, um, you know, and, and so that's, it, it is. And, you know, and, and of course the key though, is that, you know, you can't forget the other things because, you know, I might tell somebody, Hey, you need to buy this car from Joe. The first thing they're going to do is research maybe Joe's car dealership or, or things like that. So you have to have the other things in place. And, and you use an example in the book of that, where, you know, somebody says, Hey, you know, I want to buy this. And then she immediately started researching them. So you do have to have your collateral in place and, and all of those things in order to kind of work them back through that. So, um, you know, it's, it is this constant circle, you know, and, and that's the thing is it really is a circle. You know, the, the people that make it hard are making it the wall where they hit, they go back, they hit, they go back. Um, you know, and, and aside from anything else, that just is incredibly expensive, you know, both time and money to be starting over all the time. Yeah. It's the spaghetti strategy. You know, mm-hmm. we, we take a, a pot of spaghetti, we throw it against the wall, we see mm-hmm. what sticks right. and then everything else is just waste. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that that saying that you know you may have heard that fifty percent of my marketing is working, fifty percent doesn't. I just don't know which half is working. Yeah. Which is half? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the what side that's working? Mm-hmm. And part of it, I think, so much ties back into that whole idea of exceeding expectations mm-hmm. and being intentional around nurturing those relationships. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about Joe, the car salesman, mm-hmm. if he were selling lemons, so in other words, the cars were were pieces of junk right. they fa- fell apart, the mm-hmm. engines didn't work, and there's all these issues. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter that Joe was following up every month. Right. Because right? people have that bad impression. Yeah. So when when people then reached out to, you know, whoever bought the car mm-hmm. and said, Hey, do you know anyone? You know, I'm looking for a car. Do you know someone? Their answer is going to be different. Their answer is going to be, mm-hmm. I can tell you one person not yeah. to go no, see. No, yeah. Do not right. go to Joe. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to that exceeding expectations, mm-hmm. right? Do they actually receive more value? Mm-hmm from our product or service than expected. Mm-hmm. Are right. we living up to that? Mm-hmm. And that is, that is at the end of the day, I think so important. Mm-hmm. And it ties into this, this whole thing of, you know, our brand as mm-hmm. an organization isn't what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our brand is what other people believe about right. us. Mm-hmm. And so for Joe, he had a great product. You know, his, his cars were great. Yes. You could get the same car, probably any other dealership, mm-hmm. but he made them exceptional mm-hmm. by his follow-up. Right. He fostered that relationship mm-hmm. and he created this perception, like mm-hmm. you were talking about, all these collateral pieces mm-hmm. 
around himself mm-hmm. that reinforce so that when someone says, yeah, you should go check check out Joe, he's a great mm-hmm. guy, and they begin doing the research, mm-hmm. all the collateral pieces mm-hmm. reinforced what they intuitively or inherently believed to be true based on that recommendation right. from their friend. You know, and it has to be meaningful. Um, you know, I, I was just thinking, you know, I bought a, a, a new pickup earlier this year as used, but new to me pickup. And several times a month, I get emails from the dealership. I never open a single one because there's nothing there to make me want to open them. Um, you know, they somehow they, they you know, I just have, have gotten in that cycle of their automation where, you know, hey, we send a you know free oil change. Hey, we send this. Hey, we send that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, and and they never, you know, they, they've skipped that human step of making that connection. And it was funny because I really liked the person that we dealt with, but there was never any follow-up from her, you know, and, and, um, and I actually liked that it was a female. I thought that it was selling me a pickup. I just thought that was very cool. But um, yeah, I mean, there was, th- there was none of that. And so they're trying to make me an evangelist and I could care less. Yeah. I think that's an important lesson for, for all of us listening, right? Mm-hmm. It's this, that it's the little things mm-hmm. That go a long way. Again, this goes back to that kind of common sense stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The little things go a long way. So now flip that script and imagine Mm -hmm. that every quarter or once a month even, Mm -hmm. you got a little handwritten note from the person Mm -hmm. who sold you your truck, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to stand out. That's Mm going to make the impact. Even if the note simply said, hey, Deb, just want to make sure you saw the email for your Mm -hmm. free oil change. Right. Yeah, because I'm going to, oh, wait, I missed an email? Mm Mm-hmm then you're going to go open the email. So standing out isn't about big budgets. Standing Mm -hmm. out, being remarkable, isn't about the most complicated, the most Mm -hmm. complex marketing systems at all. Often it's about doing the little things Mm -hmm. that we know we should do, Mm -hmm. but that we convince ourselves we're too busy to do. Right. And don't get me wrong. I'm I'm in the boat. I understand how busy Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. We have a million plates spinning, Mm -hmm. a million things going on, Mm -hmm. but if we want to build this full circle, if we mm-hmm. want to build kind of this um, perpetual marketing mm-hmm. machine that's constantly generating leads for us, mm-hmm. we have to be willing to do things differently than mm-hmm. we're doing them today. Right. You know, and and to to, to come back full circle, um, you know, it, it is what we were talking about at the start. It's not about doing the latest, the greatest, the flashiest, all of those things. Um, you know, I, I always think about Super Bowl commercials. Sure, they're fun. They're great. They are, in my humble opinion, a horrific waste of money. Um, you know, and, and it comes back to they want those awards, they want those eyeballs, all of those things. You know, one of my favorite commercials, Super Bowl commercials of all time, oh, is probably 20 years old by now. Um, the herding cats one, right? Where, you know, the, the, and, and, and I think I remember because if I remember right, it actually played during a, when the Denver Broncos were playing, you know, but, but it was cute. It caught your attention. They're herding cats. I would be surprised if, you know, it, it, well, it, you know, they didn't get their money back um, in, you know, in, in new clients and, you know, it was great. It won awards. It was fun, but it didn't do what it should have done, um, you know, and and so that's what we all have to remember, and and that's you know what what we have to remember when we're creating our materials. You know, what is the goal of this? It's not the cute, it's not the fun, 
yes, we have to get somebody's attention, but then what? Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better than that. You know, what I, the way I would recap all of that would just be this, that effective marketing isn't going to happen on accident, right? Mm-hmm. Effective marketing doesn't just happen. And it certainly doesn't happen when we jump from thing to thing to thing. Mm-hmm. When we chase the latest influencer, mm-hmm. when we chase the latest guru, that is not effective marketing. Mm-hmm. Effective marketing, I really believe just it happens when intention, so mm-hmm. the things we intend to do, and our action collide. In other mm-hmm. words, when we intend to do those things that we know we should do, mm-hmm. and then we actually make ourselves mm-hmm. do those things. So when our intentions and our actions collide, that is where effective marketing truly mm-hmm. begins for us. Right. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, this has been so much fun and we are almost at the top of the hour. I still have notes here. So yeah, we, we have to do this again, but I'm going to encourage people to buy your book. Again, it's called Full Circle Marketing, Transforming Your Marketing and Turn Customers into Evangelists. Because there's two things, especially that I want people to, to actually three that I really want people to, to look at in the book. One is an avatar. You absolutely positively have to know who you are selling to. And if your answer to that question is everyone, no, uh-uh, no. Um, you know, we need to talk about natural progression, you know, how we get people through this process. And finally, they need to read about a marketing rock, which really was mm-hmm. a rock. Um, you know, and, and so I want people to get the book. But more importantly, you know, for people who are going, oh my gosh. We know we need to do this. What the heck? How do they reach you? And what are the services that you provide? Sure. Yeah. So if if you want to just pick up the book, I mean, first of all, it's available on all the retailers online. Uh, you can get it in any of those. Smart marketing people. It has its own website. <laughs> we do. So if you want some bonuses along with your order, um, you can go to yourfullcirclemarketing.com mm-hmm. and uh you can again. You'll still order from wherever you want to order, but you'll just come back there and enter your your order info. And then for us as a company or as an organization, our web address is uglymugmarketing.com, and we've got links to socials and email addresses and all that right there on that one site. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. And you know, it it is something that whether you're somebody who has a million dollar budget. Or more importantly, somebody who might have a thousand dollar budget, you know, how do you make sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck? And it really is in being simple and going back to those principles that, you know, worked for hundreds of years, you know, long before we had Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all of those other things, or even, you know, major media, TV, all of those things. It, it is so simple. And that's what I think people get so caught up in. And so I really want to encourage people to contact you, to read your book, to go to your website, because you've got lots of great blog articles, things like that, to find out how, you know, we, we can stop getting long gray hairs over, you know, this, and more importantly, be doing what it is we want to do, which is, you know, helping people with what, what we're doing with our products and our services. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words, Deb. And uh, as always, I've enjoyed our conversation. I I love chatting about marketing and, Mm -hmm. you know, helping people kind of see things from a different perspective or a different, different light. So hopefully, hopefully they picked up a little something today from our chat. Cool. I love it. Well, do you have any final words of wisdom you want to leave everyone with? Um, I would just say this, that, you know, when we learn to be consistent 
with whatever it is in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm speaking bigger picture here than just marketing. Mm-hmm. That consistency really does create miracles, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen overnight. We, <laughs> again, it goes back to what we originally talked about. We can be squirrels as entrepreneurs, jumping mm-hmm. from thing to thing to thing. Um, but when we put some consistency in intentionality behind what we're doing mm-hmm. over time, it has that compounding effect. Mm-hmm. And I love to say consistency does create miracles, but we have to be willing to sacrifice. We have to be willing to give up our, our tendency to jump to the next latest, greatest thing to stay focused on the fundamentals and what we know will work over time. Great. I love it. Well, I've been having an absolutely wonderful conversation. I love talking marketing, um, you know, and, and so we'll have Wayne on again because he's got such great content. But I've been talking with Wayne Mullins of Ugly Mug Marketing. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.